You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm chapter number one, beginning in verse number one. When you find your place, say amen. amen. If you're not there yet, say oh me. All right. All right, Psalm 1 and verse number 1, let's read it together. Ready? Begin. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated, and thank you for being in church tonight. We'll have prayer in just a moment, Brother uh, Joey and Miss Shea. On the way out, uh, Delaney just told me, she said, Pastor, I got saved this morning. So that was the other one, and I know you folks are so thrilled. And that's a, isn't it a, such a joy? When you know that your children have trusted Christ as their Savior, there's nothing like that. Praise God, I'm so happy for you. And when you see Delaney after church, you be sure to congratulate her as well on uh, trusting Christ as Savior. Lord, we love you. Bless now the time we're together for these few moments as we look at your word. I pray that this series and this, uh, this text would be a help to each and every person here tonight, Lord, as it's been to me. Uh, Lord, I've, I've read this text, I've memorized this text, but it just seems like every time I read it, every time I study it, there's something else, there's another truth that I see that helps me. And I pray that you'd help me as a pastor to live this passage. And I pray our church and our members, Lord, that they as well uh, throughout this week, may it not just be knowledge in our head, but may it be a, a, a truth and a, a lifestyle that we cling to and a desire we have to live our lives for you and to be blessed and to know your favor and to know your uh, approval upon our lives, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says in Psalm 1, blessed is the man. I want to say quick, I'll give you just a few thoughts uh, from each verse, and uh, we could probably be in this particular psalm for several weeks, but I'd like to get done tonight. I see, number one, that a blessed life is not an accident. A life that is blessed by God. And that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about a certain amount of money or a certain position in a job. We're not talking about uh, certain uh, achievements or certain uh, uh, treasures that you have accumulated. But we're talking about having the blessing of God. Having the favor of God. Having God's uh, hand upon your life. That is what being blessed is all about. We have in our house, we've got one of those signs that, you know, you decorate with and it says blessed and you see those everywhere and that's almost become cliche. I'm not talking about a sign you have on your uh, a wall. I'm not talking about a bumper sticker on your car. 
I'm talking about you have the blessing of God and it's not by accident. It's not just because you say I'm a Christian, although if you're a Christian, if you're saved, you're blessed. You're blessed and that you have a home in heaven and you'll never have to spend a, a second in hell. But there's so much more to the Christian life than just a home in heaven. God wants you to have a blessed life here. God wants you to have his favor and his blessing every day of your life. Number one, I'd like for you, if you're taking notes, to jot down, it's a decision. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. There's a choice. You have to make the choice. Are you going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly or not? It's up to you. Uh, God's not going to make the choice for you. He, he's made it clear which way he wants you to go, but it's a decision. It's a decision where you walk. Notice next, it's a decision where you stand and it's a decision where you sit. You say, oh my, I had no idea. I had no idea where I sit in church. was. I'm not talking about where you're sitting on a pew or where you're uh, sitting when you go to a restaurant. I'm talking about where you choose to place your life. The people you choose that you allow to influence you. You say, I work with people and they're not good, good, good people. Well, you may work with those people, but you don't have to let those people influence you. Uh, you may have some neighbors that are not good people or maybe they uh, live contrary to, to the... But that doesn't mean they have to influence you. You need to make the decision for who you're going to walk with, who you're going to stand with, who you're going to sit with, who you're going to let influence you. It's a choice. And notice it says the ungodly. The ungodly are those with a disregard for God's laws. Then it says sinners. Those are people who are known for their sin. They're not just kind of doing their thing quietly. They're known for and they're, they're labeled because of their lifestyle. And then it says the scornful. Boy, watch out for this crowd. The scornful are those that not only sin, but they mock those who try to live for God. You know who that crowd is usually? Usually it's backslidden Christians who used to live for God, who used to do what was right, but they, they've become enlightened. They're smarter than God now. They're smarter. They don't need the Bible anymore. They don't need preaching anymore. They don't need church anymore. They don't need anybody telling them what to do because they've just got it all figured out. I got news for you. Watch out for the scornful. Watch out for those who would mock and ridicule those who try to live for God. First Corinthians, the Bible says, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Without exception, without fail, you mark it down, the people you hang around with, the people that influence you, the people that you associate with, they will bring you down. That's not just in person, but that's now on television. The television programs that you allow into your home, that's going to influence you. The music you listen to, it's going to influence you. The people you read on the internet, the blogs you read, the websites you read, the people you follow on Facebook or, or other social media platforms, that crowd eventually it's going to influence and it's going to impact you. Turn with me, hold your place in Psalm 1. Would you turn with me please to Proverbs 24? I was reading this yesterday. I try to read the proverb of the day as it uh, corresponds with the day of the month. What's today? The 26th. I guess this was Friday then. Proverbs 24. Notice verse number one. The Bible says, Be not thou envious 
against evil men. Sometimes it's easy to envy the wicked because it seems like they're having a good time. It seems like they're making money. It seems like they're uh, living the life. They're living the dream. They don't have to follow rules and they don't have to read their Bible and they don't have to go to church. It seems like they're doing good. But notice what it says, be not thou envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. Get away from that crowd. You don't want to be near them. Verse 2, because their heart studieth destruction. Their lips talk of mischief. Through wisdom is an house building. By understanding it is established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Your life must be built not with the, the wicked, not with the ungodly, but your life must be built upon the word of God and godly influences. I read uh, this article this last week. The headline caught my attention. The headline said this on ABC News. Grandma, getaway driver, runs over and kills accomplice in a U-Haul on a high-speed chase. Now, there's almost more than you can wrap your brain around, you know, in that one sentence. So they're, they're robbing a store, bank, or whatever it was. They chose a U-Haul. They let grandma be the driver. And while she's driving the getaway, one of the, uh, one of the accomplices falls out and gets run over by grandma on the U-Haul. Now, I know that sounds ridiculous. It sounds crazy. But I'll tell you this. You know, it's amazing. Most of the time when people get in trouble, you could trace it back to who they were with. And I'm not just talking to the teens, although I am talking to them also. But I'm talking to adults. Most of the time, you get yourself in trouble and you could trace it back. And it started with a friend. It started with a coworker. It started with a neighbor. It started with a classmate. It started with a family member and somebody. That's why Paul said in Galatians, ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? The church of Galatia, he said, you were doing good, but somebody got you off track. Number one, it's a decision to be blessed. It's a decision to live the blessed life. It's a decision to live for God. Number two, notice the delight. It says in Psalm chapter one and verse two, it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Blessing comes, in verse 1, it comes from rejecting some things. Rejecting the sinners and the ungodly and the scorners. But then in verse 2, blessing comes when you receive something. You know what you have to receive? you got to receive this book right here. And you got to read it and you got to obey it. The Bible says you meditate in it, you, you love it. The word delight, it's a joy. It says you meditate day and night. You know what I think about day and night? I think about the things that I enjoy. I think about the people I love. There are some things that come to mind. You think, boy, I haven't thought about that in ages. I haven't thought about that person in ages. You know, it's because that's not somebody or something you delight in. But can I tell you as Christians, it, it shouldn't be Sunday morning that you've got to search through the house and say, now, where did I put that Bible last Sunday when I dropped it off? It ought not be, oh, now, uh, uh, um, oh, yeah, 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 today's church day. 
Well, I tell you, I hope you look forward to it. I hope you look forward to getting in the Bible and meditate on it, uh, meditating on it and memorizing it. Uh, not an obligation, but an opportunity. Not a burden, but a blessing. It's a privilege, it's a joy that we have to get in the Bible. It's a blessing we have to get in the Word of God and get grounded on the Word of God and use the Word of God as a test for who we associate with. I was thinking this afternoon about some friends that I've had in my years growing up, and I'm thankful for good friends, but you know, just because you don't have a good friend, Maybe you don't have a good friend at work, or maybe you don't have a good uh, friend in this church, and I hope you do. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. But you say, you know, there's not somebody that I really, I really connect with, I really click with. Well, first of all, this book right here ought to be your friend. It ought to be your companion, the Bible. Y'all let, let God get a hold of you. But you know also, just because you don't have a good friend, that doesn't give you an excuse to go hang out with the wrong crowd. We talked about one example this morning. His name was Joseph. We'll get to him again in these next few weeks. But you know Joseph in Egypt? I don't think he had one person that he could associate with that loved God. But Joseph did not give in to temptation. Uh, what about Daniel? In Daniel chapter 6, it appears like everybody else is, uh, is going along with the, the king's wishes and nobody else is praying to God. But Daniel said, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do what God has told me to do. I'm going to open my windows. I'm not ashamed of it. I remember when I was a teenager, I had some good friends. But you know who were my best friends, honestly, in my teen years? One was my youth pastor. You say, what in the world are you kidding oh no and you know I, I think about for our teens and i hope you have good friends in the youth group but did you know you have a better friend than you know in your youth pastor and you ladies in your youth pastor's wife you've got a friend who will love and you know you say but they won't let me get away with anything good there'll be a day when you'll say thank you there'll be a day when you'll appreciate that you know who else was a dear friend as I was growing up? He was much younger than me, but my brother. You say, oh man, I don't even like my siblings, you know, and you gotta be friends with them. Uh, I'll tell you who else, my parents. My parents were some of the best friends I had. And we must choose our friends so, so wisely. Number one, the decision in verse one. Number two, the delight. But number three, I see the determination. It says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You know, God's people need to get planted. You need to get planted. You need to get grounded in what you believe, what the Bible says, and then don't change. Don't move. I, I, I cringe when I watch the reports uh, of politicians and they pull out a video or they pull out something from only 10 or 15 years ago. And they put them side by side with what that politician is saying today, and it's opposite. In just 10 years or 15 years, they have completely, 100%, they have changed what they used to believe. You know why? Because people change, policy changes, popular opinion changes. But I got good news for you as Christians. This book does not change. 
and get planted in the Word of God. Get grounded. Get a firm foundation. A tree is planted, and when a tree is planted, that's when real growth takes place. That's when real fruit is, is produced, when a tree is planted. Pick a spot, buckle down, stick with it in the good times and the bad. I think about our young people, and I'm so thankful for our teens. Um, but you know, for young people, you're, now you're in a place where you don't necessarily pick the church. You know, your parents pick it for you. But you know, you get out of high school and you get in college, you ought to just say, I'm going to be in church. And if I'm going to college somewhere else, I'm going to find a good church. If I'm going to find a job somewhere else, I'm going to find that church and get planted. You say, well, it's not always exciting. And the people don't know, hey, it doesn't matter. Just stick with it in the good times and the bad. Just uh, get planted, get grounded. You should be planted in a solid foundation where you can be fed spiritually, where you can receive the nutrients of being situated next to a river, a spiritual river. I've seen this tree, and maybe you've seen it, maybe some of you have seen it in person, maybe pictures, but how many of you have ever know what I'm talking about when I say the lone cypress tree? It's in California, it's along the coastline. You know what I'm talking about, some of you do. It's a beautiful, beautiful location uh, near uh, Pebble Beach Golf Course down near Monterey, California. And there's one lone tree that's up, really, it looks like it's sitting up on a rock. And you think, how in the world did that tree make it? How did that tree grow? And how did that tree survive? And sometimes we think in the Christian life that that's the goal. And by the way, sometimes you'll have to be like the tree, like, like a Daniel or like a Joseph or, or like someone uh, that just stood alone when everybody else left. But you know, that really is not God's plan for you. That's not what God intends. God inten intends for you to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. If you've ever driven through some areas of the country, I think especially of the Midwest, you will see cornfields, you'll see bean fields, you'll see flat land, you'll see uh, farmland, and then it's like all of a sudden as you're driving down the road, it looks like a wall up ahead on either side of the road. It is just a wall as far as you can see either direction. And you get up and you see it's trees. And you know why all those trees are there? Because you'll cross over something on the road and you'll look down and you'll see, oh, there's a river. And that's where those trees can flourish and that's where those trees can grow. And God's plan for you and me is to get planted like a tree. And the plan is for you to be situated near other trees and to be situated in a church where you can be encouraged and you can help be helped and you and I can grow and where we can bring forth fruit. Sometimes we go through different climates and different circumstances and sometimes we go through storms, but a tree that is planted will remain firm. It's got determination to say, I'm going to stay. I'm not going to move. And then I see in verse 4, I see the danger. The Bible says, the blessed man, the godly man is like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. There's a special blessing of success and prosperity when you get in the Word of God. I'm not talking about a uh, 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 prosperity gospel. I'm not talking about name it and claim it, and if you live for God, you're going to be a millionaire. I'm not talking about that at all. But I'm talking about the blessing of God and the favor of God. But the danger is this, verse 4. The ungodly are not so. 
The ungodly don't have that blessing. The ungodly don't have that foundation. They are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Can I warn you this evening and say, if you don't get planted somewhere, you will be blown away. You will be tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Please don't come up to me after church and tell me who you're thinking about. But I think we've all known people that couldn't get grounded in a church. Or maybe they jumped from church to church. Or maybe they went from one denomination to another. And it's like they were just all over the map. Can I tell you, if you don't get grounded in the truth, you are going to be blown every which way. And as you are blown every which way, your life and your testimony and your family, they will suffer destruction. There's a danger that is found if we're not planted. A tree that is uprooted, a tree that is not firmly planted in the soil, it will eventually, it will waste away and it will die. There's a danger. Notice number five, it's found in verse five. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Number five, I see a decree. God said it. It cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. It's been settled. It is done. I think about the uh, song. I think Brother Fry sang it the last time he was here. But he sings a song, and the song says this, You're free to make your choices, but you're not free from the choices you make. You remember hearing that song? And just think about that. God has established it. He says, if you want to be blessed, you get in the word of God, you stay away from the wrong crowd, you stay faithful, you stay planted. And if you choose not to do so, God says, you will suffer the consequences. I will suffer the consequences. There is a decree. I'm afraid so many times we think that we are the exception. I know I've been there in my mind. I don't think, I hope I've never verbalized it, but sometimes you think, well, you know, that happened to so-and-so, but that won't happen to me. Yeah, that happened to that family, but that won't happen to my family. Friend, I've got news for all of us. You're not going to change what this book says. This book has given us admonition and warning and instruction, and if we don't follow it, the Bible says there's a blessing for obedience, but there's a curse for disobedience. The decree has been made. God said it. It cannot be changed. Then number six, I see the difference. There is a difference. Psalm 1, verse number six, we see there's a difference between the godly and the ungodly. There's a difference between the righteous and the unrighteous. There's a difference between the blessed man and those who will perish, those who will be destroyed. It says in verse number uh, six, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I want to tell you, this verse has got several correlations that it talks about, but I want to say one, there's a difference between the saved and the unsaved. There's a difference. There's a difference. One will spend eternity in a place called heaven but the other will spend eternity in a place called hell. There's a difference. There's a difference between the blessed man and the ungodly man, even though they may be saved, but one lives for God and one lives contrary to God. I want to tell you, there's a difference. 
And the difference is not only in this life, but the difference is when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we'll give an account. And yes, if you're saved, you'll still be in heaven. And yes, if you're saved, you will still have a, a crown and you'll still have a mansion and you'll still walk on streets of gold. But I want to tell you, if you're saved and you don't live for God and I don't live for God, there's going to be some regret. There's going to be some disappointment at that judgment seat of Christ to think, why did I waste my life? Why didn't I live for God? Why didn't I uh, bring my family uh, to church? Why didn't I uh, pray for my kids? Why didn't I love my wife? Why didn't I do those things? And there's a difference. The Bible says in verse 6, The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now this ought to bless your soul to know that the Lord knows where you're going. The Lord knows the path you're on. He knows everything you're going through. Job said it like this, but he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I'm so glad that God knows what we're going through. There was a pastor, friend of ours in California. He pastored in Sacramento, uh, California for over 40 years, Pastor Hedger. And whenever I'd get with him, he was just the most kind, gracious gentleman he pastored a church, it was an inner city church in Sacramento. Literally, you walk out the front door and there's a park and there's a literally homeless people camped out in tents and they, they ran vans to pick up people, bring them to church and they reached out to those people. And every year they had a big Thanksgiving dinner for anybody that wanted to come and they'd share the gospel. He was just such a neat man, such a, an amazing man of God. But I'd talk to him about something or I'd mention something that maybe kind of I was worried about or something that I thought was a big deal. And he'd always say this. He'd say, well, Brother Jeremy, the Lord knows. The Lord knows all about it. The Lord knows. You know, I kind of wanted to vent sometimes, you know. I kind of wanted to just, you know, share, you know, what was on my heart. And his answer was, no, the Lord knows. And you know, I got good news for you. The Lord knows. He knows what you're going through. He knows that although your way may be difficult and somebody else's way might be easy, but he knows the end of the way. He knows what's at the finish line. He knows the master plan. He sees the big picture, and the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.